Brody's Midnight Cafe. Hello. Hello there. It's been so long. It has been. It's been 84 years. It's, yes, it's been 84 <laughs> years. I know, I think it's been like it's literally been like three a, weeks, maybe. It's been three weeks, I think, mm-hmm. maybe a month since our last episode. Maybe. Maybe. Crazy. It is crazy. It's the yeah. end of September. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When was the last one? Do you know? <laughs> Let's look when we uploaded the last one. What have you been up to? What's your excuse, Elizabeth? What's your huh? excuse, Taylor? August 31st. August 31st. And now it is so September not 24th. Not quite yeah, a month. Yeah, not quite yeah. a month. Uh, three weeks. That's right. So welcome back to our monthly podcast. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Taylor. This is Liz. This is Brody's Midnight Cafe. Thank you so much for tuning in for this special monthly episode. <laughs> special monthly Your subscription episode. has arrived and it's us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad to be back in the chair. We've been so busy. Mm-hmm. What have you mm-hmm. been up to? Um, well, I'm studying for exams. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm taking those in a month. And then a few weeks after that, I graduate. So um, exciting. I know. I'm, I'm so pumped. Get to do, you know, some actual work in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, help some people, hopefully. Um, and yeah, um, I've been doing that. We have been doing stuff around the house. We had a wedding that we went to. We did. Yes. Um, and that was really fun. Congrats to the sheets. 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 Holy sheets. Congrats. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it for me. What about you? Let's see. Uh, for me, well, football season started, so, um, everyone probably knows it's my favorite time of the year. So it's I the did. most wonderful time of the year. That's the what the song's time. about. <laughs> that's right. Um, so I did do a bunch of fantasy football drafts. Um, I'm now in seven leagues, actually eight. Oh my god! Um, which is the most I've ever done at one time, and it is a little overwhelming, mm-hmm. um, especially with how busy you know I usually am. You know, keeping up with you know work and you and and Brody here, who's playing on the floor. Yeah, y'all can probably hear that. He's uh, decided this is the perfect moment to, to scratch his back. Scratch his back on our rug. Uh huh. Um, aggressively. <laughs> That's right. All that puppy dandruff. Uh huh. Um. So yeah, so it's a busy time for uh, for the fantasy football streets. Um, let's see. I did go to the Falcon season opener, and that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we got hooked up in a private suite, you know, with free food and drinks and like really awesome seats. We had our own private bathroom. We had a waiter or waitress. Oh my gosh! Um, pretty much everything. So it was like the best possible setup if you are going to go out to a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so super fun experience. Um, I still prefer to just be at home for football because I missed a ton of stuff. Uh, mainly because I had too many drinks, but I missed a ton of stuff um, <laughs> as far as like the rest of the football games go. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, and like, you know, still going to NFL games, even though it was like a perfect setup, it's still not, you know, ideal. Yeah. There, there's like a lot of fights that always go on at these games. Really? There was someone that actually died at the... Um, at the season opener? No, not not the one I went to, but like two weeks ago or a week ago at the Patriots-Dolphins game, which I was watching wow. on TV, remember? Um, apparently there was a fight in the stands. Some like you know, fifty-some-year-old guy got punched, hit his head, and like just didn't wake up. So that's it's crazy. Horrible. Yeah, well, drunken fights. You got to You just got to avoid you know sitting in the slums with the with the drunk people. Well, um, you know, condolences yeah. to that guy's family, of course, and yeah. you know that's that's tragedy. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just a little accident that can lead to something so that's so right. horrible. But. Um, yeah, and I think that it's part of the culture there too, is to mm-hmm. get rowdy, and you know, yeah, people for sure. can get too rowdy, and 
and it's definitely certain football towns and stadiums more than others like the falcons like stadium it's just it just doesn't get as like right like the fans no. there just aren't as like intense i don't think there's but... some of the i just don't think it's the cult mentality that it's like mm. with some other um uh, well there's like certain teams like the buffalo bills are like just like absolute crazy fans right. they like jump through tables at tailgates and stuff and like yeah the packers were like you know god okay so anyways, there's just a ton of, you know, crazy fan bases out there. So they aren't all, you know, like that, but there's just certain, you know, areas that you have to avoid, you know, mm-hmm. certain stadiums and and stuff. And just don't put yourself in certain situations where you're going to get in a fight. Right. Pacifism. Pacifism. That's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, that's been that's been my few weeks. Yeah, just a lot I, of think, football. <laughs> I think it's just been hard to, to fit in the recording time. Not mm-hmm. that we're any less excited to be here. Cause this of is... course super fun and mm-hmm. a, such a good way to for us to like spend some uninterrupted time together that's so, right fiance yeah. social hour fiance social hour yes <laughs> um so what are we drinking today all right so this week um is negroni week so ooh. Ooh, yeah well it's actually sunday so it's the end of negroni week but all last week was negroni week um and basically it's just uh this this company called slow food or i guess they're not really a company they're like a non-profit Basically, they um, just kind of throw on this whole, like, Negroni week where they donate, like, a portion of every, like, you know, Negroni, and it's, like, to make a more, um, I forget what it's called, I think it's, like, a sustainable food and uh, beverage industry or something. There you go. There we go. All right. Sorry, a little mic noise there. Um, But, yeah, basically, it's for charity, you know, all about, you know, making a more sustainable service industry. And, um, and yeah, they chose the Negroni for it because it's just kind of like an iconic, you know, bartender cocktail. It's kind of like the true mark of a bartender if you like Negronis because it's, it's a very specific and acquired taste where like, you know, I don't know, a lot of people, a lot of normal people don't like them, but bartenders do. Got it. Okay. Um, So what, what's in a Negroni? uh, Funny you should ask. So the Negroni is basically a little branch off of its father cocktail, the Americano. Not to be confused with the espresso and hot water Americano. Americano is um, Campari, sweet vermouth, and soda water. But this guy, back in 1919, his name was uh, Count Camillo Negroni out of um, Italy. Uh, he was at this That's bar. That's a vampire. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> Count Camillo I mean, Negroni? Look at the, drink. the drink looks like blood. It looks like so blood. Maybe. Yeah, he was a vampire. You can't prove me. It's very possible. Yeah. Um, but basically, his favorite drink was an Americano. And um, he was just having, like, a really shitty day or something. And he's like, hey, man, don't put soda water in there. Put some gin in there instead because you want to make it a lot stronger. And so they named it after him. So now that's how the Negroni was invented. So Very cool. Okay. Yeah, so it's gin, Campari, and sweet vermouth. And what you have over there is a Negroni Spagliato. Spagliato. A Spagliato. With Prosecco, with Prosecco in it. In it. <laughs> so exactly Stunning. as it sounds. Um, they take out the gin and they put Prosecco in it. Um, Spagliato means mistake in Italian. So it's like, oh, it's a mistake Negroni because it has that's Prosecco. That's so cute. Stuff. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that's for you because oh uh, you like Prosecco and it's more of like a spritzy cocktail rather than like the like boozy, good... bitter one that, you know, a regular Negroni is. Oh, so you're saying I'm not a bartender? You're not, you don't have the bitter soul of a bartender, so that's why we like bitter <laughs> I have drinks. the nourished soul of a therapist. That's right. You have the, you have the bubbly personality of a, of a spagliato. Oh, thank you. Yes, I'm not insulted. No All right, let's, let's drink. <laughs> Cheers, baby. Cheers. You can get some of that ice. Big cube. But you got to crush the big cube. I actually like that. 
not bad. Always like a good Negroni. Very tasty. I think I had one of these when we were at that when we were at the really cool bar in Savannah. The Spagliato one. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Maybe or something like it. I can't remember what it was, but um, oh, that's something else we've been doing. Um, my lovely matrons of honor have been planning out my um, my bachelorette trip, and we are mm. going to Savannah, so that's going to be really fun. Nice. Yes, but that's not for six more months. Uh huh. So still got a lot of planning to do. Though. Yeah, we do. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fun. Very exciting. You I know, know. Just to think about, something to look forward to. Yeah, I know. Seriously, mm-hmm. little girls trip. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think I think you should go first today. You want me to? Okay. Um, yeah. Gotcha. Um, so sure. Um, let's see. So another thing that we're looking forward to a lot more soonish. Ooh. Disney World trip. Yes. Yeah, we're going on our family or like my family Disney trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, you're you know. I'm family Smith, by proxy. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but basically, my family is a big you know Disney family, so uh-huh. we go pretty much once a year, and we always have since you know, uh, since I can remember, pretty much. Um, just like I think now it's trip, like every so. other year, except your parents do go at least once or they twice a year. They go every year, yeah. yeah. But when we were, I think like until high school, like mm-hmm. maybe first year of college, we pretty much went every year. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's our yearly little vacation spot. We've gone like countless times. Um, and a lot of people scoff at the idea of going to Disney World once you're old, like us. We are so, not old. We, we're well seasoned. <laughs> We're out of the um, the oh basic person's perceived range, age range. Well, I it's I'm now in that range of 25 and up. You know, it's like 18 to 25, 26 to 40. I'm like, I'm not like a I'm 40, and You're me in that range, yeah, in the same box, <laughs> in the same box. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of people scoff at going when you're in that secondary box. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's like, you know, people are like, oh, you're a Disney adult, that kind of thing. They use it like a slur. They Exactly. That's exactly what they do. And um, honestly, I think it's the best time of your life to go is when you're in that box of 26 to 40, okay? I agree. Mm-hmm. Because sure, it's like magical when you're a kid, you know, you see all the, the movies that you saw in your childhood, you know, actually come to life and like it's, you know, mesmerizing when you're a little a little chotch, but <laughs> when, you know, you barely remember anything and like you right. can't you can't see anything because you're, you know, four feet tall, <laughs> you can't ride on half the rides, you know, all that stuff. In my opinion, I think Disney is actually designed for the adult population. So, with that in mind, I'm going to rank the four main Disney parks. I love it. Based on, you know, through the eyes of an adult. Okay? So, so through your own eyes. Yeah, through my <laughs> eyes. Through through my my own eyes, my own lens and, and personal bias. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll give a little reasoning and everything. Okay, let's hear it. Um, so, here we go. So, coming at number four, we'll go four to one. Um, hot take here. I have Magic Kingdom at number four as the worst park. I would agree with that. You would agree with that. Interesting. I thought it was going to be a hot take because, you know, Magic Kingdom is like the iconic no, one. No, but... I mean, it's magical. It's like, it's mm-hmm. a, you can't miss it, but it's not the day you're looking forward to the most. Sure, sure. And like, it's it's hard to rank them because you don't want to put one last because they're all, they're all awesome. They're all amazing, like, yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to shit on them, but if I were to rank them as an adult, um, you know, Magic Kingdom's solid, of course, and it's not like I hate it, but uh, I don't know. It's just like the magic itself is worn off as I've gotten a little older. Um, and I do love the classics, you know, they have Space Mountain, they have Pirates of the Caribbean, Buzz Lightyear, Haunted Mansion, which is of course great. Um, and those have always been like iconic, but I think like the value per minute that you typically are in the waiting line on all those just isn't really worth the wait. Like there isn't as much of a payoff when you're waiting in line for those. Um, I also think the newest one that they've added, which is the Mine Train, you know, the 
Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Uh-huh. Um, it's fun, but it's like a really quick ride. I don't know if anyone's timed it, but I feel like it's over in like, I don't know, 45 seconds maybe. I, I think it's like really, really quick. Wow. Probably not 45 seconds, but yeah, I feel like it's a lot shorter. And there's not really like a significant like climax or drop. Like you're not like escaping the witch or anything. Like mm-hmm. it just kind of goes and it's like, oh, it's over. Like I thought there was going to be a little something else. Um, so it just doesn't stand out. Um, I have not been on the new Tron ride yet, which I'm pretty sure I think that's, just came out or yeah. is going to come out or something. Um, so maybe that'll be awesome. Maybe it'll, you know, adjust the ranking and everything. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, and so beside the rides, I think the biggest reason that comes at the bottom is the food and beverage. So Magic Kingdom, I don't know if you knew this, um, it's the only park that actually doesn't serve alcohol. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, um, I remember the last time we were actually there, I'm pretty sure like you were in the bathroom or something and we, we had to kill like an hour before our next lightning lane. Mm -hmm. And I walked up to somebody and I was like, Hey, is there a place where, you know, I can just grab a beer and like, we're just going to try to kill a little bit of time. And they're like, no, actually, um, what, what, what they say to me? They said like, Walt's original plan for magic kingdom didn't have alcohol. So we're going to honor his vision. They said something like really stupid and like, Oh my God. Yeah really npc like that to me so we're gonna honor his wishes i thought it was the dumbest thing ever um so basically you can get a drink but you have to be at a sit-down restaurant which they're all gonna be you know prefix you're dropping 40 dollars on it and mm-hmm. you can't just have a drink so right. basically you're spending way too much money if you do want to have a drink so there's no like kind of casual quick outlet if you just want to burn an hour there unfortunately unless you want to go to the starbucks at the front of the park right which we've done we but... have done yeah <laughs> yeah um, and then as far as, you know, food and buffets, there, there really just aren't any, you know, good restaurants there. Um, we typically hit the Crystal Palace. That's like our first thing as, you know, our family when we're going to Magic Kingdom, because you can do like a 730 reservation, you can get into the park early. And then if you eat quick, you can, you know, jump on some rides before right. the common folk are allowed to enter, mm-hmm. <laughs> allowed to enter the park. Um, but really it's just, it's just a breakfast buffet and, you know, the food isn't elite or anything. You know, you're still sharing the buffet with a bunch of screaming kids with, you know, gross hands and all that stuff. And the characters come around every now and then, but you know, it's just, it's just okay. You it's, know, it's nothing like super, yeah. super special. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's fun, but it's not, you know, out of this world. For sure. So yeah, so that was number four. So now number three is actually my former number one when I was younger, Animal Kingdom. Okay. Yeah, I know. Now, I still think Animal Kingdom is excellent, okay? It's in the top three, so that's good. (laughs) Um, I think it has the best vibes overall, and it has, like, it's the most unique in terms of, like, the actual setting. But I think the attractions just haven't been spruced up enough in recent years compared to some of the other parks. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it, it for sure still has my favorite ride, which is Expedition Everest. Um, oh, I love that one. Because it came out like right when, uh, I think I was like 13 or me. I was probably like, probably just before I turned like 13. So I was big mm-hmm. enough to ride everything. That was like the first like legit roller coaster that they put in Animal Kingdom mm-hmm. that you could like ride on. And we rode it like so many times. And I, I specifically remember this one memory. It's like the ride's been open for like a year and we were going there and there's this one like absolutely crazy guy who's like, I've, I've ridden this ride more times than anyone else. I have a tattoo of when I rid it or when I rode it for like the 150th time. And he had like a tattoo of 150 on like the back of his head or something. Oh my God. It was the craziest thing ever. And, um, and he had like, you know, Yeti tattoos all over his arm and everything. But anyways, um, so yeah, I think 
awesome ride. You know, that could probably, the park alone could be ranked higher just because of that ride. Um, but the problem is the most recent attractions just aren't cool. So they really bought into, you know, Avatar, which the... Who likes Avatar? Exactly. The first movie was cool, but it came out over a decade ago. I right. think they just entirely missed the timing on this and everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the second Avatar was a blockbuster. Like, it sold a billion dollars. So, like, I understand them investing in that and everything. But the ride they put together just really isn't cool. It's, it's like, it's, it's uncomfortable to get into. Like, you're sitting on a motorcycle thing. You have to wear 3D goggles, which is an instant turnoff for me. Like, you're putting on, you uh -huh. never know when these were washed last. Nope. If you aren't wearing them exactly properly, the screen's going to be fuzzy weird. and like, and you get dizzy and everything. I almost passed out on that ride last time we were there. You did, yeah. Well, you probably, you were sick, so you probably shouldn't have ridden it anyways, yeah. but then you did get dizzy on it and everything. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't realize I was sick until we were like, it was literally already, right after that. It was yeah. in that line. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. I really don't feel good. And then we get on the ride. And the thing is like breathing between my legs and I've never felt so nauseous and my like vision went spotty and yeah, uh, we get off and I was like, I'm not okay. Like we need to go. Mm -hmm. So oh, mm -hmm. my poor baby. So yeah, the ride sucks, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but really it's just like, it's a giant projector in an auditorium with hundreds of other people and it just feels lazy and like mm -hmm. not special. Like, I don't know. Um, and the line is so humongous for it. Yeah, so. and it's, a, it's always like two hours. Um, and then they also have the slow river ride in the Avatar area, and that's just, it's super, super lame. Okay, um, but the animatronic at the end of it is so cool. Is it? It's just yeah. like the big mother who's like, ooh, I have a big dress or something. Am I crazy? No, it's like the priest or whatever, and he, it looks like a living being. It's like not it's, a guy. It's, it's, a, it's a guy. I don't think it's a guy. I'm it's, like, it's the mother of of the forest or whatever i don't think so yeah why don't you look it up but anyways it's not that cool okay it's just it's just like a slow like river ride that really nothing happens on um anyways uh for the positives okay the kilimanjaro safari simply incredible and um like if you like how many other times in your life are you actually going to see like a zebra like in your real life you know mm -hmm. or like you can actually reach out and like touch a giraffe even though you're not supposed to you know like they get super close to you um and like you can actually see cheetahs and lions and stuff on the ride and like you're going over this hippo habitat and you're watching them like eat watermelon and stuff and like these animals are like huge and you're like seeing them in real life like up close and personal it's just it really is incredible seeing yeah. these animals when you think about it because you're never going to get these interactions probably in your lifetime because not many people are going to Africa and seeing them and like in their habitat and everything. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know, sure you can see them at the zoo, but the zoo's kind of lame, you know? Yeah. This, and I think the difference is like the conditions that they're kept in. It's like many, many acres, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get this giant, like it's an actual safari. Like you get this entire like area. Like if you actually look at the map, it's massive. Right. Um, which is why I think mm -hmm. it's much more, I mean, it's still keeping animals in the ca captivity is not, super humane but mm. it's comparatively better than it would be at a zoo mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah sure because i think if you look at a map of animal kingdom i think 60 percent of the actual like size mm -hmm. of the map is literally just the kilimanjaro safari and all these animals that's insane so they have a ton of space to actually like walk around because like yeah. it's like this is the thing mm -hmm. i'm drawing a little thing for this this is the thing <laughs> kilimanjaro safari is like up here and there's like oh, yeah. nothing around it it's huge so pretty cool mm -hmm. um 
And yeah, and there's also like a really cool interactive bird show. I don't think we did it last time, but like rare birds are just like flying over your Wait, head. Wait, we did everything. do that with your, not last time, but the time It might have been two times ago, yeah. yeah. It used to be called Flights of Wonder. I think it's called something else now, but like these birds are like super rare, eating out of, you know, audience members' hands and stuff. Just really cool. Yeah. Um, and besides that, you do have some classics, you know, like dinosaur, it's tough to be a bug. Um, if you want to get wet, you have the Cali River Rapids, which is uh-huh. a ton of fun. We used to always get on there as a family and, like, predict, like, okay, we're going to rotate this many rotations when we're going down this ramp. So this guy's going to get the wettest. And it's, oh, like, that's so funny. Yeah, we'd all, we wouldn't, like, bet on it, but we'd say, like, I think it's going to be him. And, um, I don't know, it's just really fun. So it's just, like, a really solid, you know, park overall. And, um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. And um, I just think if they build more around, like, the actual, like, animals, like, that kind of, you know, thought process and not, you know, big alien movies, like, I don't know. Animal Kingdom will be a lot better off right. focusing on, like, what Actual it should be. Actual animals, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Because they don't even have, like, a South American section either. Like, I feel like that could be a really cool True. Yeah, section they have Africa, to add. And Asia, Asia and yeah. that's it. And they so... Oh, and Pandora, the world of Avatar. Oh, yeah. That doesn't count, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Dino Land. Dino Land. Dino Tell you Land. what, the one thing that does suck, they, they took out... Um, They're taking out the dinosaur ride. Yeah, they are taking out the dinosaur ride, but they also took out another one. They took out you... I don't even know if you ever rode on it, but it was a Smith family staple, um, Primeval World. Oh, I yeah, I loved Primeval World. It was World. such a rough ride. Like, yes. you were spinning, like and you were like free, so it was just all like momentum-based and everything. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Man, that, that would, like, destroy your ribs because you're just banging around this, like, metal, like, buggy or whatever. <laughs> the only time I rode it, I was, like, seven, and it was mm-hmm. fine. Um, yeah. I, it's, it's, my bones were made of, of like, rubber at mm-hmm. the time, so. That's the one my mom would skip every time, no matter what. But, uh-huh. uh, but it was, like, also in the middle, so, like, you could hit it multiple times coming in and out of different rides and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. All right, anyways, on to the next park. So, a runner-up park. So, the second best one, Epcot. You've got to be kidding me. Oh, you didn't want Epcot Hollywood two. Studios is number one. I Liz, know you'll explain. Liz, okay. Elizabeth, All right. thank you. Thank you, ma'am. This is my list. You can do your own list. Okay, well, fine, fine. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just fuck off then. That's right. Sounds good. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Stay here. All right, but anyways, Epcot. Um, Epcot was always the park that everyone roasted because it didn't have, like, the iconic fun rides, like, you know, Rock and Roller Coaster and Space Mountain. Um, this is, like, when I was a kid, like, everyone would make fun of Epcot. But now that I'm a grown man, look at me. I'm a man, okay? Yeah, I, I can, can appreciate that. Epcot. <laughs> I can appreciate Epcot a lot more. So um, I think the the coolest thing out of all of it is just getting to walk around the World Showcase, you know, where all the countries are, and they have their own unique architecture and food and drinks. And, like, literally, like, they have their own little mini culture and everything. And um, And it's, you know, largely because, like, they hire people, like, you know, from China to work at the chinese pavilion they hire people from japan to work at the japanese pavilion and it's just cool because like you know they're they obviously you know know their own culture and they take it more serious and they're Mm -hmm. like you know promoting it and conveying it in the proper way so it just feels so much more authentic than like just steve from pensacola exactly yeah like it it just feels you know more real and and it's a different country every i don't even know like 150 feet so Mm -hmm. um it's just really cool um and uh, and the drinks and food are pretty authentic there and everything, and it actually tastes good compared to any of the buffets and stuff that you're gonna find at the other parks. Definitely. Um, and yeah, so Epcot is just one of those parks that you can spend either like a whole day at, or if you have the park hopper, it's like the perfect one to 
do a bunch of like fun like you know exciting rides in the morning at one park and then just jump over to epcot and like spend the afternoon just kind of chilling having some drinks having some food and just relaxing because it's just such a more like laid back and like fun environment of a park than all the other ones um yeah there's yeah. it's it's super fun because you know you've got the countries on one hand and mm-hmm. one area and then like the discovery world um world discovery um with all of the nature mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's right living yeah. with the land <laughs> that's right living with the land that's that's honestly one of my favorite rides in there um it's, it's a lot of fun it's just cool like it's you know it's a fun perspective and like seeing how you know they're growing stuff mm-hmm. all that stuff um because i'm pretty sure they grow everything that they serve if not, not like on that ride. They but I'm serve sure. everything they grow. Yeah, that sounds right too. <laughs> yeah, because it <laughs> yeah. wouldn't be enough food for the whole park. But no, it would not. They do they, serve. They everything. don't make the the you know Mickey ear ice cream bars. No, <laughs> they don't grow those there. <laughs> no, the cows right. are being milked like behind the scenes. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. right. Um, but it's also really cool if you go at dusk because they shoot off the fireworks at nine p.m. every night. Um, I looked it up, and apparently they spend fifty million dollars a year on pyrotechnics. That's just insane. To shoot off the fireworks. That is insane. Think about how much money they're raking in. Yeah. Um, but anyways, not only does it have the clear best entertainment and cuisine, but the rides are still solid. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, Test Track, um, Spaceship Earth, Soarin', solid throwback rides that are super entertaining. They've like, you know, aged reasonably well. Um, you got Living with the Land and then the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride. We rode on that right after we got engaged, remember? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I was <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. over the moon. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, and I was I was in a good mood as well. So I really oh, enjoyed. Oh, good. <laughs> I really were you enjoyed worried I was going to say no, and then it was just a relief. Of course, yeah. Then my heart rate slowed down. I'm like, all right, now I can just relax. Like this trip's just whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that ride's a ton of fun. Great roller coaster, and like the wait line is really well made mm-hmm. and everything. Um, and I still haven't been on the Remy's Ratatouille adventure thing um, because it was a three hour wait every single time we went to Epcot last time. Yeah. But um, my dad's hyped it up a lot, so it should be awesome. Oh, yeah. He wanted us to watch Ratatouille with him. Um, <laughs> That's right. Which, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great movie. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Finally, the best park ever. <laughs> Liz is giving me the evil eye. This would be my number four. Hollywood Studios, formerly known as MGM Studios. Oh. That's right. So Hollywood Studios... So here's the thing. It pulls on the same kind of nostalgia strings as Magic Kingdom does, um, but the rides have actually aged phenomenally, okay? Mm-hmm. Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster, mm-hmm. they've been around for like 20 years. Great sets, great, you know, lines and everything. The rides are a lot of fun. Um, you know, they've just aged well. Like, you're always looking forward to going and riding those rides. Am I crazy? No, they're, definitely they're not. they're tucked in the little right corner. It's the first stop you hit. The reason that I would rate it so low is because it's hot as balls. it's so hot there's no shade anywhere that's crazy talk it's not crazy talk um like the rest of the parks they feel like there's plenty of shade there's lots of ac but like there's so little areas with ac or like with shade in hollywood Mm. studios so that's why that's my i not number four number three so you get hot and that's why you hate the park Yes. Well, babe, let me tell you, Florida is going to be hot. So you better you better buckle up. Okay. 
Anyways, all right. So Star Tours, there you go. Great indoor ride. You can get out of the sun on that one. Mm-hmm. How about Star Tours? You've ridden on Star Tours before. I don't like Star Tours. It's pretty mid, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a fun throwback one. You're just sitting in a box. Yeah, I know. It's, it's really corny, <laughs> but you're like, oh, Star Wars. Um, but anyways, they also have the best new rides by far. Okay, I will say their new mm-hmm. rides are really great. Toy Story Mania, which has actually been around for, I don't even know, eight years now. Oh, really? Maybe a little less than that. That's the one that's like the shooting game and everything. Yes. That one's a lot of fun. Great competition, which is always great if you're going in like a group or going mm-hmm. with your family or something. Um, they have the Slinky Roller Coaster. So if you want like a higher thrill ride, that's a fun one. Um, Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railroad. Railway. Mickey Minnie. Mickey Minnie. Did yeah. I say that right? I Mickey and right. Minnie's run ray, Runaway that's a Railway. Twister. Mickey and or Minnie's railroad. Run Away Run Oh my gosh. <laughs> Runaway Railroad. There we there go. There you go. Nice. That one's awesome. Yeah. Really cool. I think it's a really cool like blend of like, you know, throwback cartoons and like mm-hmm. modern animation and everything. Um and like the actual like the way they program the cart that you're in, like how it kind of dances around. It's just really cool. You know, that's like one of the really well done ones. Um, you know, yeah. It's cool. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the entire Star Wars section is obviously incredible. They've done a great job designing everything. Liz hates it. but uh, I don't, I'm just not a big Star Wars <laughs> you're fan. You're not a Star Wars fan. So but everyone else I've is tried a Star Wars so fan. Hard. I've tried so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's okay. You're yeah. just not. You know, you're you're built different. Me. That's I'm, what it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not for me, but... Well, anyways, yeah. Um, I think the Star Wars section is incredible. They have two, you know, massive rides in the Star Wars section. Um, and it's like the entire corner is like, you know, decorated into the galaxy's edge and everything. Um, and it does so look really cool. You feel like you're transported, yeah. which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and we haven't been to the bar there yet, but we do have reservations for it. So I'm super excited about that. At the Oga's Cantina. I've seen, you know, very fun um, pictures of like, you know, awesome drinks and everything. Apparently they have like the, you know, iconic band music playing from the cantina music. Yeah, exactly. Um, And yeah. And then there's also, you know, the Brown Derby, which you also don't like. You don't like a lot of stuff. (laughs) Taylor, you can't. We're about to go on this trip with your family and you're like, Liz hates everything. Um, I don't. I wasn't wild about my salad. You had the Cobb salad, right? Yeah. And it, it felt like. It was just too chopped up for me. <laughs> it was too chopped up. You you felt like you were eating like a baby salad mm-hmm. or what? <laughs> yeah, I was like, no one can joke on this. Oh, um, well, I think the Cobb salad was designed for old ladies who probably had to take their dentures out to eat it. So maybe it was chopped up too much. Because... I don't know. I think it was just me. Mm-hmm. I think I was expecting like a nice refreshing, refreshing like crisp, crunchy salad, and I was it was disappointment. But... I'll get you something else. Next I'll get time. something else. Yeah. Um. But anyways, another lunch spot. We didn't go there last time, but um, the Sci-Fi Diner, the Sci-Fi Drive-In Ooh. Theater. So oh, that wait, one, that one's super cool. Yeah, I, I used to love that one. We might have walked in there just to we like did. see it, but um, but yeah, you like sit in like these little you know cars essentially. It's like staged like a little drive-in theater, and you have a big mm-hmm. screen with a bunch of these sci-fi you know cartoons, um, rolling on the on the big screen. So it occupies the kids. It's a fun little setting. Um, I just remember getting a lot of milkshakes when we were there. So that was always like my little dark milkshake kind of, you know, break spot, maybe take a nap or something. Nice. <laughs> um, but that one was always fun. And, um, and yeah, basically just had like, you know, the best, this park just has the, like the best of everything in my opinion, or like it, it hits everything. It has the most of everything. It has mm-hmm. the best rides, probably the best variety of rides. Um, got good throwback, good new stuff, good, like, you know, dining overall. I'm excited for the bar. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. 
um and uh and yeah and like the set design you know Mm -hmm. pretty much it it just looks cool so yeah so yeah that's why it's number one there very cool Mm -hmm. very cool i think if i was gonna if i was gonna rate them it would probably be hmm, a tie for last between hollywood studio no i think hollywood studios it's so hard i think think it it would be last last. Mm. yeah and then i think magic kingdom and then epcot and then animal kingdom no switch that animal kingdom then epcot is the top personally oh. but i love aquariums so sure and they have an aquarium at epcot which is really cool <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's right yeah so there you go super cool well i mean it ties in with what inspired my story for today really awesome mm-hmm. so i obviously what what song has been in my head for like the past month um the haunted mansion theme song yes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes it's been in my head nonstop. and so today i was like hmm i wonder like what's the actual like story of the haunted mansion you know the um the i don't know the storyline of the ride Um, because every ride has a storyline so um so for those of you who have not ridden um this ride before basically the main idea is that um you're taking a tour of a massive haunted mansion um and you're riding in these things called doom buggies doom buggies um and basically you start off and you go through all these rooms and see all these different things and these spooky sites but the climax of the ride is actually in the attic um when you run into the ghost of a black widow bride Mm -hmm. so the black widow bride constance constance hatchaway reportedly married and killed five men to amass a huge amount of wealth. Mm -hmm. The last of which uh, was the owner of the haunted mansion, um, whom she killed with an ax after, um, after the wedding and then lived in the house until old age, um, until she died of old age. However, after her death, she took the form of a bride and fully gave into all of her evil tendencies um, you know, choosing to spend eternity in the attic of the haunted mansion, surrounded by all of the wedding gifts <laughs> from her five weddings, and threatening anyone who else who happens to cross her path. Nice. So, in the actual ride, um, you are going through the attic, seeing all these wedding gifts, um, seeing pictures of the couple together, and there's clear illusions that she killed him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's, you know, basically at the end, you run into her and she's saying her wedding vows in like a really creepy way. Uh-huh. And so I happen to wonder, hmm, I wonder if there were any real life Black Widow killers or Constance Hatchaways. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were actually a lot. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so one that I found to be really interesting um, uh, was, you know, um, and I'll get into this, but basically like it's it's super spooky, this idea of a Black Widow bride, someone who marries someone and kills them right after. Um, and... The trope even became so well known that it was the entire plot of the second Adams Family movie from the 90s. Um, basically, um, you know, this Black Widow murderer played by uh, Joan Cusack attempts to marry Uncle Fester, um, who was played by Christopher Lloyd. And the whole premise of the movie is like he's like sturdy and he won't die. Mm-hmm. Um, and the family's <laughs> trying to get him out of that relationship. Um, it's a classic movie for those of you who haven't seen it. Um so the one real life example that I wanted to share with you today was the mysterious and ghastly tale of Tilly Klimek. Um, so mm-hmm. Tilly Klimek was born um, in Poland in 1875 and came to the United States as an infant with her parents. 
Her parents will, were Michelana and Michael Gebrek. Um, the Gebrek family had seven children, and Tilly was the firstborn. Um, so when Tilly was four years old, the family um, settled in the Little Poland section of Chicago, Illinois. Um, and not a lot is known about her childhood, except that from the age of 15, she was known by her neighbors as something as of a psychic. Um, oh, a psychic. Mm-hmm. And um, stating that she would have dreams about neighborhood dogs dying, only for those dogs to die soon after. She would kill them, probably. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving anything away. Um, okay. I am. I'm sorry if I did. No, <laughs> I mean, okay, but picture that if some neighborhood kid's like, I think that dog's going to die. And then the dog shows up dead. I'd be like, officer, that one. <laughs> it was her. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So um, Tilly married her first husband, Joseph Mich- Um, These are all Polish names. So forgive me. Um, Meet Kaiwitsk. <laughs> Meet Kaiwitsk. <laughs> it's spelled M-I-T-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z. Mitkowitz. Mitkowitz. Yes, in 1895, and the couple was well-liked in their neighborhood community where Tilly earned a reputation as a good cook who had the uncanny ability to predict impending deaths. Mm. Mm-hmm. And again, she received this reputation by predicting the deaths of local dogs and neighbors. <laughs> yep, she got a taste yeah. of this whole murder thing mm-hmm. young. Yeah, and she escalated. Um, so at the beginning of 1914, Tilly started telling friends and neighbors that, about a vision that she had that her husband Joe, who was sick, um, or she started telling neighbors about a new vision that her husband Joe was sick and that he would die in a few weeks. <laughs> so it wasn't a shock when on January 13th, uh, 1914, Joe passed away from what the coroner stated was heart trouble. Mm, that's very vague, coroner. Mm. I'd like more information on that. Yeah, this is his profession. Let's go. Yeah. Come on, dude. Oh, you know, it was a heart. Come on, a, a broken heart. A broken uh, <laughs> Gas? Hmm? <laughs> Scabies? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Clueless coroner. Um, <laughs> so from this, Tilly collected around $1,000 in life insurance, which is about $30,000 in today's money. Um. And the grief process didn't last long um, because she soon remarried another Joe, Joseph Rutowski, on February 27th, 1914, a little more than a month after her first husband died. Mm. Mm. However, it wasn't long until she predicted the death of her second husband. (laughs) And uh, just as she predicted, he too died on May 20th, 1914, leaving her $1,200 in cash and uh, $722 in life insurance, totaling in at $56,242 today. That's not bad. So that's okay. 80K. In... I would have done it too. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, she's, you know, a widower or a Wait, widow. How'd, how'd the second guy die? Same way? Or... There was no information on his death. Ah, shame. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, yeah. And surprise, surprise. It wasn't too long before Tilly became romantically involved with a new beau, Joseph uh, Guskowski, um, who mysteriously became sick after sharing some chocolates that were given to him by... No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yes, by Tilly, um, mm. that he shared with his sister, actually. Um, and um, he, he mysteriously died sometime later. Um 
However, so she didn't marry this man. Uh, mm-hmm. He just passed. However, to no one's shock, um, Tilly, always on it. You know, girl was a hot commodity, uh, apparently. And um, she married yet again in March of 1919, uh, this time to Frank Joseph Kapowski. Uh, Kapizik, sorry. Um, and the couple lived at 924 North Winchester Avenue in Chicago. Um, and she actually lived there with, before with another man named Myers who happened to go missing. Mm. Hmm. Um, so when Frank moved in, Tilly assured the neighbors that he wouldn't live long. Um, she taunted Frank with uh, the prediction, it'll be any day now. Um <laughs> My God. Yeah, she boasted as uh, he started to feel sick that he has two inches to live. And she was just talking about this with her neighbors. Y'all, y'all, see something, freaking say something. Let's, yeah, let's turn let's turn her in, okay? <laughs> if anyone talks to you in a joking way about, like, someone dying or, and like... it happened. <laughs> no, just in general, like, about killing someone or someone dying, like, don't let that shit slide. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care if you think people are going to think you're being, like, rational. Like, go to the police, you know? You know, I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, it's not normal. Um, so anyways, especially if she's saying like, oh, he's going to be dead any day now. Um, y'all, that's a red freak. That's a black flag. Do you have a picture of her? I do. Hold on. Okay. Because like, is she like, you know, a good one? Because like, how are these people still falling for her when they're just going to die every, you know what? every 30 days? Uh, she like, it's hard to say because this is, think about it. It's also the 1919 um, so I don't really know. standards were low or? No, she's not pretty. <laughs> oh, okay. So, but also it's like everyone was a little not very attractive. There's no way that's her. That's her. That's insane. Yeah. How did she, she looks like the Wicked Witch of the West. Oh my God. Like, how did she, yeah. how did, how are all these men? Falling for her just to die, knowing that they're going to die. <laughs> Maybe she like showed some ankle and <laughs> yeah, she got them hooked. Was, yeah. Um, where, where was I? Okay. So, um, Frank continued to grow weaker and weaker, and after a short while, Tilly asked him to take out a life insurance policy. Also, y'all, red, red flag. flag. <laughs> um, if you're sick and someone's like, by the way, you know. What are you going to do? What am I going to do what? without yeah. you? Financially. Um, <laughs> and um, so she asked him to take out a life insurance policy, which he did, and at the same time, Tilly purchased a $30 coffin that she saw in an advertisement. Um, until he asked their landlady, Martha Willisok, um, to, s- was Solik, Martha was Solik to store the casket in the apartment's basement. Martha thought the idea of purchasing a coffin for a living man was really morbid and mm. told Tilly she would chase her and the coffin out, um, if she chose to do that. Um, Oof. so as Frank, you know, slipped in and out of consciousness, uh, Tilly sat by his side knitting she was making a black hat with a lace trim, and during her husband's more awake moments, she told him that she intended to wear it at his funeral. Um, crafty. Crafty. Neat. Um, mm-hmm. And Frank died on April 20th, 420, um, <laughs> 1921. Um, so Tilly buried, buried him in the coffin that she bought, and she wore the hat that she made to the funeral, apparently. And uh, the coronal... The coroner listed bronchial pneumonia as Frank's cause of death. And again, Tilly collected more life insurance, uh, this time $675 or $19,000 in today's money. Mm. Um, so I, you know, I'm personally like, 
thinking just what a first date with this woman would be like, you know, like considering, you know, it's always like the gossip comes up on like the first few dates of like, oh, Mm -hmm. like, have you been in a relationship recently? Like, what's that like? Oh, you know, I don't know. Like, (laughs) she's like, yeah, um, you know, my, I'm a widow three times over. Um, yeah, I don't know. How is she getting these men? I think it's She definitely put out. You think so? I'm just yeah, of course. Back Come in that on. day, I think it was. How would you How would you lock these guys down? Like, I have no idea. Like, especially with that history mm-hmm. and with that mug. <laughs> yeah, with that Y'all, physique. Just Google. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily like. I think if I saw someone with those features nowadays, I'd be like, okay, they're they look normal. Like they look fine. That's a person. It's her expression, like. There, the, there's nothing behind those eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... It's just who's next. It's the next Literally. Target. Yeah, picture seeing that on Tinder. <laughs> yeah, where are you God. <laughs> ah! Oh, my God. She super likes you. She's like, have you ever heard of life insurance? <laughs> You're really cute. Um, do you want an arsenic cookie? Um, so, have you heard of mercury before? You... <laughs> what are your opinions on bronchial pneumonia? Um <laughs> So around town, she sort of became infamous, um, you know, known for visions. She was known for being like a really good cook and for her terrible luck with husbands. Um, Okay, well, really good cook. That could be it. She's a really good cook. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. She's a chef. Um, However, this really like interesting reputation didn't stop her from finding husband number four. Oh, my God. um, A wealthy man named Joseph Klimek. Um who apparently um, annoyed Tilly after their wedding due to his affinity for moonshine <laughs> and um, his flirty and lascivious nature. Okay, so he's an he alcoholic that flirts with, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's an or, alcoholic that uh, flirts with other women. Um, so apparently Tilly went um, and complained about this to her cousin Nellie Kulik, um, and Nellie recommended that Tilly file for divorce, um, to which... Um, Tilly apparently stated that she would get rid of him another way. She's like, no, I can do a lot better than divorce. I, yeah. <laughs> I can do thousands of dollars better than divorce. Yeah. Um, so Tilly had her husband take out a life insurance policy. And after a few weeks, a few weeks after that, Joseph realized that he was feeling pretty sick, a little under the weather. Um, he was experiencing shooting pains in his arms. Um, Apparently, um, you know, he dismissed those thinking, you know, that's eh, whatever. This, mm-hmm. the, these things come and go. It's, it's the 1800s. Yeah. <laughs> could die any minute. So it was like, 1900s. It's early 1900s. Uh-huh. Yeah. And after a few weeks, his arms went numb. And a few weeks after that, his legs were paralyzed. So Jeez. at that time, he thought, hmm, I'm going to call my doctor. So he did. Um, he called his doctor, a man named Peter Burns, who came to the house to examine Joseph and realized he was like on the brink of death. Mm. Um, so he put him in an ambulance and took him to the Cook County Hospital where it was determined that his symptoms were consistent with, what do you think? What do I think? Yeah, what do you think? I mean, poisoning? What? Yeah, arsenic yeah. poisoning. Oh, arsenic, okay. Yeah, arsenic poisoning. I don't know the specifics, but yeah, I knew uh-huh. it was poison. Yeah, anytime it's like 1800s, 1900s and it's poisoning, it's usually always arsenic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after doing some tests, the doctors determined that he was suffering the effects of long-term arsenic toxicity Oof. um so when joseph so joseph at this time was like what the hell how could this have happened and the doctors are asking him if anything suspicious has happened and he was he basically said well you know like 
my dog died after eating some table scraps that my wife fed him. Oof. Um, and it's like, Joseph, mm-hmm. Joe, the call is coming from inside the house. Like, yeah, dude, um, you know, um, he must have been fallen head over heels. Heels, apparently. <laughs> he like, I don't know. It's like, I can't walk anymore, and my dog died. But like, she's so pretty. She's so pretty. <laughs> she she makes me eggs Benedict. She makes me soup, <laughs> and it only tastes like bitter almonds sometimes. <laughs> um. So on October twenty seventh, nineteen twenty two, hospital officials are like, enough, enough of this, uh, and they finally call the police, who immediately go to the family home and arrest Tilly. Mm. Where's was, the proof? Well, she was apparently irate, um, and at the time of her arrest was seen yelling at officers that she would like to make them dinner next. <laughs> so there's your, there's your freaking uh, proof. Yeah. Um, however, it still took 18 hours of interrogation before she confessed to poisoning Joseph. Mm-hmm. Um, so when officers asked her where she got the poison, she stated that she got it from her cousin, Nellie, oh, no. the one who told her to go file for divorce. Um, and explained that it was a soot and arsenic compound called rough on rats. <laughs> so it was rat poison. Uh-huh. Um, so police put their thinking caps on and start questioning Tilly about her, you know, questioning about Tilly's like reputation. And it was soon made aware to them by neighbors and community members, um, in little Poland that, um, you know, girl has had quite a few suitors mm-hmm. in the past. Um, so investigators received permission to exhume the bodies of all of her dead husbands, as well as her cousin Nellie's first husband, and they found that all of them had lethal doses of arsenic in their bodies. What, what I want to know is, what was the coroner doing? Yeah, really. The original coroner was like, oh, I'm going to take a half day today, a uh, heart, <laughs> heart problem. Um, so, and that's the thing. It's like, if that guy had just been doing his job, so many yeah, people could have been saved. Yeah, we caught it after the second one. Yeah, uh, really, the like, first one. Yeah, literally after the first one. You would have seen a pattern at least on the second one. But one murder is enough to put someone in jail. Mm-hmm. So, um, if he had just been doing his job, like, anyways. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in some areas, coroners are elected. Oh, really? Yeah, you don't have to have, like, any qualifications. Wow. Yeah, that's still, like, a thing in the States. Mm-hmm. Like, in some counties, it's, like, an elected position, which I think is insane. Yeah. It shouldn't be a political position. hmm Anyways. Is it, like, terms or, like, yeah, it's terms. for life? No, it's terms. Okay. And you don't have to have any sort of medical degree in some of these places. Mm. So it's, like, we'll talk about it on another episode, but it's, like, it's crazy um, that you don't have to be a mortician in some areas to be um, or have mortuary experience. Anyways. Um... So, after doing further investigation, police learned that Nellie, the cousin's twin children, Sophie and Ben Stumer, um, as well as her granddaughter, Dorothy, all died of poisoning in 1917. Yeah. Um, And that Nellie's son, son, John, and daughter, Lillian, recovered from arsenic poisoning that same year. So, additionally, after Kilmeck's arrest, it came to light that several relatives and neighbors of the two women had died. Two neighbors uh, Climac had quarreled with became gravely ill after being given candy by her, and a dog that annoyed Climac in her Winchester Street house had died of arsenic poisoning. Um, also, uh, several of Climac and Nellie's cousins and relatives were found to have been incredibly gravely ill shortly after eating at Climac's house. Uh, 
so all in all, the list included 20 suspected victims, 14 of whom had died. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, Tilly and Nellie both stood trial before Judge Marcus Cavanaugh, um, who was in favor of the death penalty. Um, throughout the trial, Tilly wore the same black hat that she'd knitted for her husband Frank's funeral. Um, and uh, prosecutors read a list of 20 names long, pausing after each to ask, did you kill this person? Did you try to kill this person? To which Tilly shrugged and answered, yeah. <laughs> um, oh so Nellie's trial ended with a hung jur- jury followed by acquittal, and Tilly received no acquittal, although evidence existed to convict her in 20 murders by arsenic. Only one charge resulted in a conviction, which is, like, ridiculous. Mm. She admitted to 20 murders. I don't know. Maybe there wasn't sufficient evidence. Who knows? So Tilly was found guilty of first-degree murder of her third husband, Frank Kapuzik. Kapuzik. I'm so sorry. I really apologize. Um, on top of being dyslexic. Um, yeah, those names are rough. A lot of Zs and, and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I apologize. I'm not trying to offend anybody. Um, I don't think it, no one's offended. It's okay. Some people might be. Oh. Um, I'm really trying. Um, Tilly appeared underwhelmed when the verdict was read, and she only remarked, it's really hot in here. Like, um, so as guards led her back to the prison, Judge Kavanaugh sentenced Tilly to life without the possibility of parole, the harshest sentence ever dealt to a woman in Chicago. Mm. So Tilly lived out her years in the Illinois State Penitentiary at Jolet, where she died on November 3rd, 1936, at the age of 60. At the time of her death, it was assumed she was involved in 20 murders, three of whom were her husband's, and in today's money, she would have received over 100000 a hundred and five thousand dollars um in life insurance payouts and inheritances from the three husbands' deaths. Mm. Mm. So that is a real case of a black widow murderer. She um, almost got away with it too. If it wasn't for that meddling doctor. <laughs> <laughs> meddling doctor. So yeah, um that relates to the you know, the the one case um from the one ride. <laughs> From the Haunted Mansion. From the Haunted nice. Mansion, the song I've had in my head for forever. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Any any other things we should add? I don't I don't know. I, I don't, don't think know. so. Okay. Well, follow us on Spotify um, for your monthly and or weekly subscription, <laughs> depending right. on how much time we have. Um, and thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Do, 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 do. <laughs>